Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you can please turn with me, we're making our way through the book of Revelation. We're in chapter 21, as you know. Chapter 21, verse 9. So Revelation 21, verse 9, the title of our message is, End Times, the City of Glory. End Times, the City of Glory. We've been looking, obviously, in the book of Revelation to the future, things that are, will happen in the future, things that are prophetic. Uh, it's important that we spend time looking at what's prophetic because, and I just want to put this little chart up here, uh, 27 to 33% of the Bible is prophecy. That means there's 10,000 verses in the Bible that are prophecy. 50%, uh, they say 50% has already been fulfilled. There's 50% still future prophecy that has not been fulfilled. And many churches today, for some reason, they stay away from prophecy. They don't talk about prophecy. And that's not a good thing because they're missing out on over a quarter of the Bible because the quarter of the Bible teaches prophecy. There's a local church here in Huntington Beach even that they don't teach prophecy and they'll tell you that this blew my mind. They, they told the congregation, the pastor said, that if you've heard there's a rapture, there's actually no such thing as the rapture of the church. And it was like, and then the same church, I'm told, because I know people that go to that particular church, they said that uh, when they went into the book of Revelation, they only taught chapters one to three. Well, no wonder why they don't believe in the rapture, because chapter four, verse one, talks about the rapture. So they just skip those things. So we have a book that's prophetic, that's in front of us, that tells us what will happen in the future. It is the word of God. It, just as I mentioned, 50% approximately of prophecy has been fulfilled already. So we can trust God is 100% accurate. So it's a blessing to look at scripture, especially the book of Revelation, and to see what is in the future. And in the future, we have this glorious city. It's a city where God's glory will dwell it's our future as a believer. And so we're going to take a closer look at that and ask if you can please stand with me. And I'm going to go ahead and read these three verses. If you're with us Tuesday night, you'll know exactly why we're standing as we read the Word of God, because it's biblical. So Revelation 21, verse 9, the Apostle John is writing. It says, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, and I will show you the bride, the lambs. Can we say that together? Wife. Wife. He carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having, can we say this together? The, the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as, and can we say that word together, please? Crystal. Lord God, we, we just ask as we look at these three verses, Lord, that you would... Give us application, Lord. How do these verses apply? Please show us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So on Sundays, if you've been with us, you realize we, we look at timelines. When does this take place? Uh, three weeks ago, I, I put up a chart similar to this, but I've added some things on there, so if, uh, we're going to talk about that. So 
What we're looking at right now is at the very right side of your screen there. It's the eternal state, uh, chapter 21 and chapter 22. We're looking at the eternal state as we're, we're looking at the new heaven, the new earth, the new city that will last forever. So we're, we're focusing on that. Um, but I want to bring you to the left of the screen over here. It says, so before Jesus Christ died on the cross, that was Old Testament time, right? Now we have the present church age. We looked at that when we were Revelation 20, or excuse me, 2, chapter 2 and 3. I believe that we're right about there, right there. And if you're new here, no, I'm not setting dates. I'm not saying this is, you know, but I want you to know that I truly believe with all my heart the rapture of the church can happen at any time. And that I believe we're seeing signs of the return of Christ. So we, we looked at Revelation 2 and 3, the present church age. Revelation 6 to 19, we looked at the time of tribulation. We went through that. In chapter 20, we looked at the millennial kingdom. And then now again, so we're right here, the eternal state. Uh, before we get into verse 9, I always like to remind us as a church that the book of Revelation is the only book in the entire Bible that promises a threefold what? Blessing. Blessing. We're blessed when we read it, blessed when we hear it, we're blessed when we apply it. So we just read it, we just heard it read, we can close our Bibles right now, go home and we will be blessed. But there's one more part that we have not done yet and that's the application. So let's look back at verse nine and just see if we can make some application. So verse nine again, so it says, And one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me. So here's this angel that was a part of the seven bowl judgments, came to John, and he says, come, and I'll show you the bride, the lambs. Can we say that together? Wife. Now, if you look at this, if you know the Bible, I would look at this and think, well, the bride, who's the bride? That's us, right? The lamb's wife, that's Jesus is the lamb, that's us. That's so you would you know, think that this is talking about the church, but in context, as we'll look, in, as we've just read, it's talking about the holy city, this new Jerusalem, this place where God's glory dwells. And I believe it's rightfully called the bride and the, the lamb's wife because we're gonna be there. This is gonna be our dwelling place in this place. And, and we looked at in the past, it's referred to as a bride also because most likely when you see a bride, typically she's radiant, isn't she? So I believe this city is going to be radiant. We're going to look at the light and how it's going to just, uh, it's going to shine bright. So the radiantness of the, the bride, so it's called the bride. Also, uh, I believe that when it comes down from the earth, we're going to stand in awe of this, this wonderful city, like the bride, when the bride comes down the aisle, uh, where we stand up and it's, we behold the beauty of uh, the bride that's coming down the aisle. But also, it's a reminder for us, I believe, that God is a giver of good things. He's a creator of good things. And so this beautiful place, he prepared for us, personally prepared for us. And so it reminds us how good God is. And it reminds me, and I look at this verse different now that I look at this, thinking about this new city coming down. It says, James 1.17, every good what? Gift. And every perfect gift is from where? Above. And comes what? Down. The holy city from above, from the Father, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. So that means uh, he's not fickle. He doesn't change his mind. He doesn't have bad days. 
Wouldn't it be terrible if you're praying, you're saying, Lord, I really need help right now, and, and you hear God say to you, I'm having a bad day. Come, come back later. I mean, parents might do that. Friends might do that. That's not God. Every good gift, every perfect gift, he's a giver of good things. He's, our God gives good things. I believe my wife falls in this category. She is a good gift from God in my life. She's, she's good. If you know my wife, she's a, a blessing. And sometimes I wonder, wow, Lord, thank you for this blessing. I, I know I didn't do anything to deserve it. I can tell you that much. But every good gift, every perfect gift comes down. The Lord is a giver of good things. And I believe for application for us is that when we realize how good God is, we're also reminded that we're called to show his goodness or to be, you know, we're, we're called to do what's right, to do good things. We're not saved by doing good things, but we're called to do what's right and do what's good. And uh, some people misunderstand. They say, oh, no, 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 pastor, we're saved by grace through faith. Yes, we're saved by grace through faith. Oh, no, not of works. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. There's no works that you can do to be saved. But so we're not saved by good works, but it's a reminder for us, you and I are saved, what, for good works. Amen. Some years back, I was at an ATM machine and I made a deposit. And right next to the ATM machine was a store that I ran into to see if they had a particular thing that I was looking for. And I, I just ran in for a second and said, do you have this, this thing? And they said, no, we don't have that. And I said, okay. I came out of the store and I looked at the ATM machine. Well, the guy that was behind me that went to the ATM machine, he had this real guilty look on his face. He stood back from the ATM machine. He said, you left your card in there. And then he started cussing and swearing. He started, you know, he's cussing at me. He, swears. he says, he goes, you know what your balance is? He's telling me what my balance is. He goes, I could have taken money out of there. I, you know, he says, I could have taken it. And literally, as I was watching him, he was disappointed I came back out because he was going to take money out of my account. But he just, because I came out, he felt so guilty. It was written all over his face. And I says, oh, thank you. I took my card. I said, that was right. Thank you for not taking money out of my account. I really appreciate that. And listen to what he said. He goes, pass it on. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I don't get out much, so I didn't know what he was talking about. I said, what do you mean, pass it on? He goes, yeah, yeah, I just did something good for you. Now pass it on. Do something good for someone else, right? I said, well, funny you should say that. I says, I just did a, a memorial service, and I shared Jesus Christ with people. I shared the gospel of Christ, and people came to Christ. I said, so I said, I'm a pastor of a church. And then I said I was a pastor. He says, and he literally said this, he goes, good thing I didn't take your card. <laughs> Even people in the world know that we're called to do what's right. We're called to do what's good and right, and especially as a believer. We're told in Psalm 37, verse 3, trust in the Lord and do what? Do good. Put your trust in the Lord, but also we're called to do good, do what's right. Dwell in the land and feed on what? His, and feeding on his faithfulness. When we spend time with him and we realize, God, you're so good, you're so faithful, you're so forgiving, you're so merciful, you're so kind, and we're feeding on his goodness and, and we desire to do what's right. We desire to be like our dad in heaven, our father, that's good, amen? Another verse that goes great with this, Proverbs. Proverbs 3.27, it says, do not withhold what? Good. From those to whom it is? Two. When it is in your power, in the power, excuse me, of your hand to what? To do so. So if it's in your power to, to do what's right, you know what's right. Proverbs is telling us, just do it. 
Don't make excuses why you're not going to do what God calls you to do. If it's in your power, do what's right. I shared the first service about the, the gentleman that uh, he's the one that designed Earth Movers. I don't remember. I don't know his name. Someone told me his name <laughs> after the service. But remember that gentleman? He, he, he's the one that designed and developed Earth Movers. And that's why we have Earth Movers today, because of this gentleman. He was a multi, multi-millionaire. But he was, and he was a Christian. And he decided one point he was making so much money that he reversed tithe. Do you remember that? So he was not giving 10%. He was giving 90% instead of his money. And a reporter talked to him about this. He said, what do you, how can you afford to give 90? You give 90% of your income? He goes, yeah, yeah, I give 90%. He says, well, explain that. How can you do that? Give so much. And he goes, he goes oh, yeah, it's real easy to explain. He says, I shovel it out the front door, and God shovels it in the back door. He says, but his shovel is much more bigger than mine. I can't get rid of it fast enough. It was in his power to give. He knew it was right. And he was one of the biggest, if not the biggest supporter of the Billy Graham uh, crusades back in the day. But if it's in your power, when, when the Lord's speaking to you, when you know that he's directing you into doing what's right, don't hesitate. Do what's right. Amen. So Hebrews 10.24 goes with this. And let us consider one another in order to stir up what? Love and good works. In other words, we're to encourage each other in these things, to do what's right, good works, and to stir up love. So we have a good God. He's always good. He always does good. He's the father of lights. One day we're going to be in this city where everything's going to be right. Everything's going to be good. Until then, we, we live in this fallen world still where we see evil and destruction. We see the devil working, and he's a destroyer and a deceiver, but yet in the midst of it, we see this contrast. And listen, the, the more it gets dark, the more deceptive things are. If we are doing what's right in God's eyes, we should shine in contrast to this world. But we see a world that we see both. We see good and evil. We're going to look at some of these things. So you guys, have you been following what's going on in Ukraine? Now Russia's saying... Uh, He's threatening nuclear war. So as 135,000 Russian troops backed by tanks and artillery stand poised on the Ukrainian border, Russia's President Putin is threatening to deploy tactical nu nuclear weapons. Guys, do you know how significant this could be? First off, there's uh, missionaries that we know that are there in Ukraine right now that we're praying for, that they would get out and... But this is, this is significant. I believe why this could very well turn into the Ezekiel 38, 39 prophecy of Russia coming down and attacking Israel. Why? Because, listen, this is why nobody's stopping him, Putin. Nobody's stopping him. He could very well be the Gog of Magog. He could be this leader that's going to come down. And he realizes that the United States is not strong anymore. And if nobody stops him, you think he's just going to stop in Ukraine? But we know the prophecy that it's going to happen. He's going to Russia with Iran and with Turkey, the Ezekiel prophecy. They're going to go down. They're going to invade Israel from the north. And God himself, listen, God himself is going to show up. And it says the world will know that it's the Lord that's protecting the nation of Israel. So we have to keep praying, continue to pray for the, all the innocent people that are there in Ukraine. But but one thing I'd like to point out, I get excited, not excited about that. I get excited because we're watching possibly Bible prophecy unfold right before our eyes. But the other thing I'm excited about, and we've looked at this before, 
When Russia does come down with Iran and Turkey, uh, it tells us what's going to happen. One thing that God's going to do, it tells us right here in the midst of it. He says, I will not hide my face from them anymore. Talking about Israel. For I shall have what? Can we say that out loud? Poured out my spirit on the house of Israel, says the Lord. So when the battle of Gog of Magog, they're going to come down and attack. We've been saying this for years. Russia's going to rise up. Russia's going to be a, a, a superpower. They're going to rise up and nobody's going to stop them. We're living in that day today. But then if this is Gog of Magog, if they go into the nation of Israel, God, it says he will pour out his spirit on the house of Israel, right? I love thinking through this. Where is he pouring out his spirit right now? Can anybody ask, answer that? The church. Good answer, right? He's pouring out his spirit on the church, right? So God owes the nation of Israel seven more years. It's called the 70th week of Daniel. They've got one seven-year period that God owes to the nation of Israel. So I look at this. During the battle of Gog and Magog, when all this happens, God will turn to the nation of Israel, pour out his spirit on the nation of Israel. Um, what do you think would happen to the church at that time? I pray it's the rapture, amen? I don't, you know, in my mind, I don't see this happening. You just watch this for a second, right? I don't see pouring out his spirit on the church. Oh, let's pour out our spirit on the nation. Let's pour out our spirit on the church. Let's pour it. I don't believe so. We're living in exciting times, amen? How about this? Did you guys see this? Doctors will be able to monitor. They didn't have a B in there, so I added that. They will be able to monitor your medical condition online when you attach this painless Israeli invention band-aid to your skin. So Israel's invented this uh, band-aid type thing that you can put on your skin. It has micro needles, and it can monitor your health via the internet. How about this? Did you guys see this? The World Economic Forum. Human beings are hackable animals now. This is what this doctor said. He said, free will is, can we say that together? Over. So this doctor saying, free will is over. You don't have free will anymore. World Economic Forum doctor, it says, globalist elites want to re-engineer the future of life itself, propose a new regime of surveillance that, that is under the skin to collect biometric data. So we're living in interesting days. This may not be the mark of the beast, but we have the technology all in place for such a thing. Good news. Do you guys see this? Abortions in Texas fall 60% in a month after law limits such procedure took place. 60%. So in a month, in a month alone, that's 3,200 babies saved. In one month, that's 38,400 babies that are saved because of the new law, the heartbeat law there in Texas. Don't tell me standing up for what's right doesn't work. How about this? No, more good news. So uh, this is Copeland's mother refused uh, to abort him. Now he's headed for the Super Bowl. So this young man, he's number 39 on the Rams. He's a def defensive tackle. Uh, he's only 24 years old. He's going to go to the Super Bowl. Check this out. His, his mother was told when he was... Uh, when she was pregnant with him, uh, was told by friends and family to abort this child. It brought so much stress in her life, she went into a state of clinical depression. She went to the hospital because she went to the hospital. She ended up not having an abortion. And there he is, this young man that wasn't aborted. I won't tell you who I'm rooting for for this game, but let's go back in our text. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, 
descending out of heaven. Can we say that together? From God. This holy city, we're going to see it descending from heaven, and it's from God. It's a gift from God coming down from the Father of lights, this glorious place. And it says, having, and can we say that again? Having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. There's some debate about this, the jasper stone, because, and I'll show you what a jasper stone looks like. These are jasper stones. So you've got, they're multicolored, but do they look clear as crystal to you? No, not at all. So you've got the greens and the purples and the, the different shades, brass, gold, all these different multicolors. So many Bible scholars say, no, it can't be a jasper. It's probably most likely speaking of a diamond. And you just see how diamond reflects beautiful colors. And, and so they say, well, this, this city is going to be you know, this diamond, and you're going to see all these beautiful colors. But it's possible, I, I believe possibly, because when we get to the streets of gold, it's going to say they're clear and transparent, like glass also. So I believe it could very well be jaspers, multicolored, but it's going to be a, a, a jasper that we've never seen with our eyes before, probably clear as crystal with all these multicolors. Whatever it is, I can guarantee you something, it will be beautiful. The part I want to focus on for the rest of our time here is this place will have the glory of God, God's glory. Talking about God's very presence will be there with us. His holiness, his majesty, his splendor, his power. We'll have glorified bodies, so we'll be able to stand in, in his light and stand in his presence. That's our future. But today, we're considered the temple of the Holy Spirit, and, and his glory lives inside of us, and he desires that people would experience him in our lives, his spirit, his holiness, his, his, his glory. And it's a reminder for us as we spend time in his presence, it's, you know, it's his glory. We, we have, and we're going to look at some verses, we have full access to the presence of God today. We can enter. Guys, do you realize that today? You and I as Believers, we can enter into the Holy of Holies. Do you ever see someone that spends time in the Holy of Holies? I think of Carol McClure. I, she, her and her husband, John, they went to, Cal they were like one of the first ones that went to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. And, and I'll tell you what, if you ever met Carol McClure, you, when you looked at her, you saw the glory of God in this woman's countenance. Every time. She just shined the glory of God. Why? Because she hung out with him. She spent time with him. She was a prayer warrior. She, she was on the prayer team. And we would, my wife and I would go there sometimes to, to receive extra prayer. And we were just like, we're blown away. It's like, wow, this is awesome. That was her gift. But she hung out in the Holy of Holies. And she radiated the glory of God. I'll never forget the, the day I met her. That I'm from Michigan. And my wife was on staff at Calvary Costa Mesa. I met her there at Calvary Costa Mesa. And she introduced me to, to Carol and John and, and Carol McClure. She's with the Lord now. But listen, she told me something I never heard before. She looked at me and she, she knew that my, Kathleen and I were getting married. She says, I just want to tell you something. This is only going to get better between you and her. And I thought, what are you talking about? Because I was never married before in Christ. I never had, never married at all before. But I was thinking, wait, wait, every relationship I ever had kept getting worse. <laughs> Doesn't get better. And she's looking at me. She goes, oh, wait and see. She goes, just wait and see. In Christ, it only gets better. And that stuck with me. I'm thinking, can that even be true? 
well, 21 some years, going on 22 years I've been married, I can stand up here and say, it only gets better in Christ. (laughs) Pastor Chuck Smith, whom I love serving under, he said this in the word for today. He says, when we reach our own limitations, we discover infinite resources that are available to us to accomplish and to finish the work of God. His sources, his resource, God's resources. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.